I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. D. Ross, my darling, how was your weekend, and did you check out the Grammy Awards? I need to know. My weekend was great, and hell yeah, I checked out the Grammys. <laughs> you know I look for it. This is like the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl for me. I love this I time of year. I love award season. So yes, I definitely watched it. What'd you think? So, you know, Auntie E did not make it through the whole Grammys. Okay. But <laughs> it's a long show. It's a long show. <laughs> Woo, baby. And also yeah. I had to split my time with my girls from Married to Medicine, you know, with oh, the situation. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But, but what I loved, uh, a few different things. Loved the, the Meg and uh, Beyonce winning, uh, oh, you know, yeah. for WAP. I mean, that just, I mean, excuse me, for us. Sa- Sa- Savage. Mm-hmm. Savage remix. Oh, my child, I'm so old. That's um, okay. So, they um, both the jam. <laughs> They were both the jam. I love the performance of WAP, rather, of yes, course, with Cardi yes. and, and Meg. And I, I just think all of that female collaboration is a win, right? Love like it's just such it. a win for the culture. Yep. Um, and for these, um, you know, this generation, Dustin, of of young uh, boys, girls, and non-binary uh, individuals to see that, you know, because yes. I feel like we grew up in an era where it was a rarity. Like it was always, you know, you team Foxy, you team Kim, you team this, you team yeah. like fuck all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, 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 win. we're team all beautiful, talented black women winning. Um, That's right. And Even that was on full display. Mm-hmm. I do want a, a little Kim versus Foxy Brown versus. To me, that's that the would be ultimate, fire. The yeah. ultimate versus because they hate each other. So that means it would be great television. So that's what we want. The, and the culture deserves it, to be candid. Yes, yes, um, yes. Absolutely. I also really love D from uh, the Grammy Awards was the presentation from Lil Baby. And specifically, oh, yeah. right, like the inclusion of... Killer Tamika. Mike and Tamika mm-hmm. Mallory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that was just so fire to me. You know, for those of us that work, uh, you know, in this work, right. We're, mm-hmm. we're very used to Tamika and, and, and the splendidness of her, her voice and what she means to our work. Definitely. But it's so important that when people have this type of a massive platform, like Lil Baby has earned, that he used that platform to uh, amplify sisters like Tamika and Killer Mike. And it's just, it was very dope to me. Yeah, very dope substance behind what he's doing and that kind of um, alignment with being, you know, on tone and 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 knowing what, you know, just reading the room. You, you know, Correct. he assumed that responsibility in his performance and I love that. So we got a super diverse and interesting show today. I'm excited about it. Yes. Our docket's got all kinds of good shit. We're talking about DUIs, restraining orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to get to the TT uh, what's going on with Auntie Nita? And for yes. those that are are uh, unaware, we're talking about the Queen. What would we call Anita? Because I guess the Queen she of Soul is Aretha. Yeah, it doesn't. But, uh, let me tell you something, Anita Baker. What can we call her? I, call the her. songstress. That's what yeah, I'm calling her. Yes. Damn it! There we go. The there we go. Yes. Yes. The songstress herself. Uh, Queen Anita Baker. And to, to help us break it down, D, I, I called in one of the big guns. Uh, she's my personal right. uh, entertainment <laughs> attorney, uh, Miss Shea M. Lawson Esquire, and she's mm-hmm. the real deal Holyfield. Shea's the shit. And she's going to really help us understand exactly what's going on with this fight with Anita Baker and her masters, okay? Yeah. Um, and we keep, this is a reoccurring conversation in the business that so we really want to break it down. And what's the call to action? 
Because Auntie Anita not playing in these streets. Auntie Anita is on Twitter lighting their asses up and asking us to be responsive in her favor. Yeah, and we she need was to really clear in them tweets. So. Yeah, <laughs> yes. listen, like you said, the Auntie Anita is not being any kind of ambiguous. She's being extremely clear in these tweets. And yes. Shay is going to help us get uh, to the nitty gritty of what we as, as the culture need to do to try to repay back Anita Baker for all of the classics that she has given us. Yeah, we got to help Anita. Many of many y'all nasty ass houses, y'all didn't cleaned up to her music. Much sex as you didn't had to her music. Much food as you didn't cook. You know, while her music was playing, we got to support her. She gave That's a lot. That's it. Of, a, yeah. a lot. And let me tell you something real quick before we get into the next docket story. Uh huh. How much I love Anita Baker. Like Anita mm-hmm. Baker is in my top five artists of all time. For sure. Like, that's how deep it is for me. So, pre-pandemic, Dustin, Anita was on her farewell tour. You recall, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You also recall she came to New York. She did two shows back-to-back. One was on Valentine's Day. Yes. The other was it, right? You remember this? This, yes. this? this had to be 2019, right? For sure, yes. So, I took my black ass to one. I tried to go to both, back-to-back, to see the same damn show back-to-back, but my mm-hmm. ticket situation, you know, wasn't working mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I, went, I saw her on Valentine's Day. Then she popped up in D.C. that November. I'm talking about the oh same exact show, just months. I took my you black ass down to D.C. I got two shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Lucky you. Lucky and they were you. both, let me tell you, not for nothing. You know, some people translate well in, in person and their vocal. Mm-hmm. An- there's nothing like Anita Baker in person, Dustin. First like, of all, she's from Detroit, and that's one of them cities like there Charlotte, you go. where good people come from there. So let's be clear. Good Second stop. of all, yes, <laughs> yeah. and nobody sounds like that. She's got one of those unique voices where as soon as you hear it, you immediately identify it as hers. No one sounds like her. So Anita Baker is really one of the greats. One of the greats. There's some other yeah. people that I've seen in concert recently that are also in my top five. I won't say their names on this particular episode of Book okay. Report. But um, I'm going to text them to you afterwards. <laughs> and that, you know, one day we're going to start recording this show with liquor. And oh, they might yes. Climb out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Looking forward to that. Yeah. All right, listen. Um, but I will say this. Great, great artist in my top five. Amazing vocalist, but it did not translate live. Mm. It just did not Mm-mm. translate live. And I really wanted my motherfucking money back after Mm-mm. those shows. Anita owes me nothing. Not a, not a penny. Not a penny. As a matter of fact, if if she she get if she asked for another 500 on my way out the door, I would have given it to her. <laughs> I'm very serious, and you know I'm cheap. Um, but she's just <laughs> that gifted. She's so gifted. So she yes. needs all the love and support from us. Yes. Um But with that, let's go ahead and get on to the first story of the docket. And this, of course, is the civil rights settlement uh, in the the name of Brother George Floyd. We all Mm. know the tragedy that was the the killing of George Floyd. That murder trial has now commenced. Thank goodness. We're going to get to that in a second. But I just want to start with the news that his family and estate have been awarded $27 million from the city of Minneapolis. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get to some details, but just top level thoughts, Dustin. When you read the, the headline in the news and you saw that the amount was $27 million, what'd you what'd you think? I knew that it was a larger number than I've seen attached to other civil suits related mm-hmm. to this type of violence, but I personally felt like it should have been more. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't think you're wrong on that, D. Like, listen, $27 million could sound like a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, And as let me just be clear, it is the largest amount or certainly one of the largest amounts for this type of civil rights wrongful death suit. You're absolutely correct. And it's, it's, it's particularly important to note that historically there's been a massive gap shock shock surprise surprise between <laughs> right how these uh how these awards are distributed to the killing of white and black people mm-hmm. it's just always been this extremely offensive disheartening gap between low level settlements for black victims and very high level for white victims yes so it's in stark contrast dustin to uh the 20 million dollars paid out by the same city of Minneapolis this was back in 2019 if you remember a white woman Australian white woman Justine Damon she was shot and killed by law enforcement happened to be law enforcement of color it was a, a Muslim man I don't know if mm-hmm. you recall this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was like what the fuck like it's awful that this woman was killed for sure her family though got 20 million and we were at that time seeing 1.2 2.3 those kind of payments um for for black people getting killed in the same way it was some bullshit so i will say uh just to to give a lot of props to the legal team here including my dear friend chris stewart um and we're going to get Chris Stewart are holding court soon to talk about a bunch of these details around the case. But Chris and Ben Crump and the legal team representing the family of George Floyd did an exceptional job here. You know, I just want to really give them their flowers to get a $27 million settlement. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important because it sets a precedent, D, to say that going forward, first of all, we don't want no more of our people to get fucking killed by the cops. But but if indeed they want to go that way, you're going to have to pay substantially. Good. Good. Yeah. Drain the pockets. Do you want to defund the police? That's there where the go. money needs to go right there to these settlements. Absolutely right. Um, so, you know, listen, it was in a unanimous uh, settlement. So remember, Dustin, we were talking with Brother Ted James down in Baton Rouge about the settlement for the Alton Sterling family recently. Again, nowhere near this number. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a good thing to see that these numbers are coming back up. Oh, but I know what I was saying. With Ted, he was letting us know that it's a city council vote that ultimately has to approve any of these kinds of settlements. So it is good to see that this was uh, 13 to 1. This was unanimously voted for approval by the Minneapolis police. Uh, But, you know, you can't help but wonder, you know, the massive international attention around the killing of George Floyd makes the difference, right? You know, um, George Floyd's killing by by law enforcement is easily the single most um, impactful Oh, that we've sure. seen other generations. Yeah, yeah. Correct. For sure. Yes. For sure. Yes. yes. So the numbers reflect that. I just want right. to be be clear around that. Um, you know, it's and it's interesting. The the family, and I always, you know, this money goes primarily to the family. They they do have five hundred thousand set aside for a memorial that they're calling the George Floyd Memorial that's gonna sit in the neighborhood and honor uh, the life of George Floyd and be a reminder, right, of yeah. all those that pass it, of uh the absolute depravity in this mm-hmm. man's killing and the taking of him from his family and mm-hmm. children. But his nephew said this, uh, Dustin, he says, I speak for myself and my family when I said we'd give this settlement back gladly to have George still here with us. No amount of money can cure this pain, this heartache. No amount of money can bring him back to be here for his children, you know, uh, to make yeah. memories or to watch them grow. And, and I just think that people need to remember that when we see these settlements, yes, it's the least these fucking cities can do to try to restore some sense of wholeness. Um, but, but you're never going to be able to touch that, that heart space 
that is now void because this individual has been taken from his family. And it's so important, I think, to that you say that, Ebony, because it makes this whole situation, it may, makes you identify and connect with it emotionally, right? Yes. It's so easy for us to discuss it and discuss the details and just talk about the fact that, you know, this wrong thing took place. So now this other thing is taking place. But once right. you add in the dynamic of, hey, rem- remember, this is a life that's lost. Remember, these are yep. people that are going to be grieving and mourning and, and feeling a longing to be near someone that they can never be around again. Ever. So that's why there needs to be something given to to sim- to symbolize, you know, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, payback for this. Like they need, they literally need to be paid for their pain. Yes. That's why. Yes. So, and yeah. it, it is really just like you said, a drop in the bucket, no matter the amount really, because- right. Uh, we can get real transactional in the way we have these conversations. Yeah, and even yeah, just, exactly. yeah, the, the sad fucked up thing is, D, this is happening so frequently uh, that it is starting to, some some, some of us are starting to get a bit um, numb, mm-hmm. right, to the emotional component. And we never need to do that. We need to remember 27, 35, 50 million. I don't That's give a right. fuck. That's this right. is a man's life. This is That's a man's right. life. This is This is a family that will always be without him forever. Um, So again, our condolences to the family. We hope that the 27 just is a small token, a small representation of some things you can do to support, um, you know, your grieving process. Now, speaking of George Floyd, again, remember last week, of course, we went really deep around this third degree murder charge because at the time, the trial had actually been delayed a day because they needed to decide whether or not they were going to include a third degree murder option for this jury. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to say I'm happy to report or not happy to report. I'm just going to (laughs) report. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to keep it a buck, Dustin. I mean, I can't even be out here misleading folks. I'm just report. I'm just reporting. Right. (laughs) Okay. That the third degree murder charge has been approved to be included in uh, the jury options. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that means, again, they can convict of second degree. Murder, third degree murder, or second degree manslaughter. I, I, I and it could look on the surface like this is a good thing, right? Like, okay, more okay. options for the jury would tend to make one believe that there is a higher probability to get some kind of conviction, which of right. course is what we want here, of course. But then let's go back. Remember that third degree option is all contingent. It's so crazy how the dots are connected. So you remember, uh, Dustin, I was just talking about the white woman, Justine Damon. She was the yes, one killed yes, by yes. the... Okay, so it's her case. It's her case where the law enforcement officer was convicted of third degree murder. That was his conviction. Mm-hmm. And it was allowed because the appellate court decided that uncustomarily third degree was going to be able to apply to an individual killing because normally the endangerment of an individual typically before that case, Dustin, third degree only applied to the endangerment of a collective. Like I said, the common example would be like driving a car into a crowd of people and one person gets killed. You know, like you, you posed a risk to a group and one individual died third degree. Normally they say when you just pose a risk to one individual and that person dies, that's second degree. But on that case with Justine, it changed, okay? But that case is up, it will be subject to a a Supreme Court appeal, okay? And if Mm -hmm. the Supreme Court overturns that, D. Ross, that could jeopardize a potential third degree conviction in the Derek Chauvin case too. Damn. Yeah, so let's, you know, let's, it's, it's, 
again, we just reporting. We're going we're gonna to wait and see right, <laughs> whether right. or not the inclusion of this third degree murder charge ends up being a good thing. Right. Okay. Right. Well, let's we see what happens. See. We're going to see what happens. And again, y'all know, jurors, we're covering this shit gavel to gavel here on Holding Court. From, That's right. from you know, Right now, they're in jury selection. So in the coming weeks, we're going to dissect that, who is on this jury and who is not and why it matters. And then we're going to go into uh, opening opening statements. Okay, because that's and that's it. And that's where I want uh, the good brother, Chris Stewart, again, one of the civil rights attorneys representing the George Floyd family to come join us on holding court, Dustin, to to get all of the details we need from him around the settlement, but also what we need to be looking for in this trial. Now, I got some shit on my radar already, but I really want us to break that down with Chris because he knows the ins and outs of this shit like the back of his hand. I'm so proud of that, brother. All right. All right. So that's Derek Chauvin. Now, let's move on. Oh, Lord, this motherfucker talking to the police too much. Okay, oh this is um, Broncos running back Melvin Gordon. Okay, Melvin Dummy Gordon. Dumb, yeah. dumb Gordon. <laughs> man. Mean, man. Okay, so this is what's going on, y'all. Melvin Gordon was uh, arrested on the charge of DUI. He, he played himself, Dustin. I'm going to just say it plain. He played himself because he actually told the police told the police that he was drinking and driving, admitted to shit right out of his mouth before he was even arrested. So, um, and you, there's a video too, to show you just how ridiculous the whole thing is in the video. You see Melvin Gordon, uh, speaking with police. He's pulled over for speeding. Uh, Denver police clocked him going 71 miles an hour in a 31 mile per hour zone. This was back uh, last fall in October. In the video, you see Melvin dum dum Gordon, Telling mm-hmm. the police <laughs> that mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. was driving fast because he's running out of gas. Okay, fine. But then he goes on uh. to admit that he had a, quote, little bit of alcohol, but I wasn't drunk. Okay, stop. Uh, then, you know, police are asking, as they should, more and more questions about that. Well, tell us more. Okay, well, I just had one drink of Pinot Grigio. Boy, bye. Okay. I, I, so, <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead, Dustin. I, I don't even... <laughs> I don't even know where to start because if there's ever been a time for you to keep your goddamn mouth shut, it's when you're an athlete who has gotten pulled over by the police for driving Jeez. drunk. Shut the fuck up. Period. What is wrong with you? What do you think they're going to say to you if you tell them, oh, I just had one drink. They're going to say, all right, well, you know. just we'll, We're going to let you go. Yeah. No, but he does. No, no, Dustin, like you're saying that, like, duh, no. This is what I've seen with my own two eyeballs over the course of my legal practice. People need to get this. So if y'all don't take shit else from this episode, listen to us clearly. Let me tell you how to talk to the police. Don't. (laughs) No, that's it. Okay. Don't. No, seriously. It's that simple because Dustin, people really are out here believing the police are your friends. The police are, uh, if you speak to them and quote, cooperate, it will help you. You can, the people out here trying to try their own damn cases on the side of the street in a damn field sobriety test. This motherfucker, Gordon, ended up um, submitting to a field sobriety test and he's trying to walk the line. He can't. He's looking a hot ass mess. Mm-hmm. Then they ask him, because in this state, it's they cannot require it, right? They ask him to submit to a blood test. Uh, so they can get an, an accurate account for his blood alcohol level. 
His mm-hmm. dumb ass submits to that. I mean, just give them all the evidence. You know, why, why don't you just yeah. do that, Melvin Gordon? Because that's exactly what you did. You've that's told on yourself. Yeah, you've admitted to drinking and driving. You've taken the field sobriety test and you've consented to a blood alcohol test. Stop doing the police's job for them. Hello. Shut the fuck up. Don't say shit and stop giving away evidence. Period. Yeah. You're not helping yourself. I, I know people think that, um, you know, well, if I admit to drinking a little bit, but I say I'm not drunk, yeah. maybe they'll let me go. No, they're never going to let you go. So this is what I ends up happening. None of that works. He does end up getting charged with two counts of DUI and a count of speeding. Uh, but this is interesting. Now, this rarely happens, uh, at least from my criminal experience in the state of North Carolina. He ends up going to court. They dismiss the DUI charges, but he pleads guilty to reckless driving. He ends up having to do 12 hours of community service and pay uh, a little less than $500 in fine. I want to say this. That is not, from my experience, customary. He got off with a massive slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Um and who, you know, who knows what that's about? Who knows how much him being a, an NFL player had something to do with it? I suspect a lot, okay? Because most regular motherfuckers, Dustin, by the time you've admitted, you have a, you've confessed to drinking and driving. Yeah. You've given them a blood alcohol level reading, which remember anything above a 0. 0.8 or above, which is mm-hmm. not a lot of alcohol, y'all. Mm-hmm. People think you have to be, quote, drunk to be, no. Like a regular size, average size man or woman, it's literally one drink for a woman and like a drink and a half for a man. That's it. And you are considered legally intoxicated beyond the need to drive. And by the way, it's a thing called Lyft. It's a thing called Uber. Why the fuck are you driving and drinking anything? Listen, I hate Lauren Ingram. You know, let's be crystal clear about that. But this is who she should have been talking to. And she said, shut up. Well, I guess it'd be shut up and run for him. That's what you're running back. Shut up and pay catch. Shut up and run. That's what you need to do, man. I've never seen just just blazing, just brazen stupidity like this. And right. I, I just it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, just shut up and run the route. Shit. Yeah, um, shut up and yeah. run. Man. Like, this is just I can't. I can't either. Yeah. So again, Melvin Gordon here got to me very fortunate that he ended up with a slap on the wrist. He is mm-hmm. though still Dustin subject to potential further disciplinary um action from the NFL because you know of they course. have such a strict personal conduct policy. Right, you know. <laughs> right. When they when they decide to use it, right? Um but yeah, so y'all listen. How to talk to the police? Motherfucking don't. And that's the end of that, okay? Now, listen, we're going to pay some bills, take a quick break, y'all. Stick with us. We've got much more holding court after this. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Holding Court. Now, we're going to get into the restraining order of it all, Dustin, on this one. Um, The most contentious divorce I've seen in a minute. I'm talking about the the one between. Man, the never ending saga. This shit is insane. Dr. Dre and, of course, his estranged wife, Nicole Young. Back in court, this time, Nicole asking for an emergency domestic violence restraining order. uh, And ultimately, D, she was denied. The judge denied uh, the the restraining order on the basis of insufficient evidence. Now, yeah, it's, it's not totally surprising. But then and again, it, it is only because Dr. Dre, as we know, has a well-documented history mm-hmm. of allegations of this type of severe domestic abuse. But let's not conflate one thing with the other. Yeah. Nicole's claim in this moment was really about a song. Mm-hmm. 
that Dr. Dre has recently put out. Uh, we all know he suffered a very scary brain aneurysm, and he since put out a song where these are some of the lyrics, D. Trying to kill me with them lies and that perjury. I see you trying to fuck me while I'm in surgery. In ICU, deathbed, on some money shit, greedy bitch, take a pick, girl, you know how money get. Okay, so that's aggressive. And she she basically tries to make an argument in, in court saying that she feels that's a, a threat. That's a, that's a direct threat on her life and her safety. So she she asked the court to give her an order that required him to stay 100 yards away from the Malibu home they used to share, which she's currently living in. She also wanted Dre to be required to avoid any form of contact, including email, text, or in-person visits. But Dre mm. claims he has not seen her um, except that one hospital visit. He doesn't want to see her. The judge just said not enough evidence, not enough evidence. The song lyrics in and of themselves are not enough for him to grant them. But they are going to be back in court, D, in three weeks. So basically, it's not done. There's going to be a hearing set in three weeks when Nicole can provide more evidence. Dr. Dre's legal team can provide evidence. And we will you know, kind of see how it goes. But we know this whole thing is, is really about money. And I'm not negating any threat that he could pose to her. But a lot of this could be resolved, Dustin, if they go ahead and settle this fucking divorce settlement, because this is insane. Um, You know, we've been reporting on this at Holden Court since we launched, right? She's been seeking $2 million a month. Um, I will say somebody on Dre's legal team has half a brain cell because they finally agreed to a $2 million lump sum payment that will carry her through April. Okay, so at least that's a little bit of time bought. Um, But just go ahead and pay this woman a good, they say Dre's worth about a billion. She's claiming he's liquid about 260 million. Give her like a hundred million dollars and be done with this. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I told you, look, keep it player. Sometimes you just got to take care of the business because this thing is getting nasty. And I have to wonder, Ebony, remember we had a theory about all of this, the break in, mm-hmm. the house getting broken into him in the uh, hospital, all this other shit. Now she owns an emergency restraining order. She says because of this song lyric, I want to know what else is going on that we don't know about. No, that's what true. communication is going on? Who's threatening who? You know what I'm saying? Like Aretha said, who's zooming who? We need to find out because <laughs> something else is going on behind this for all of these things to be. They, they just they're all too. They're all too related to me for this not to be a bigger story. A deeper issue. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like, again, we we don't have to, you know, go digging to know that Dr. Dre has had multiple allegations of extremely violent, um, threatening behavior against women. Of course, we all know the history of his relationship with Michelle A, um, where it was just years and years of physical abuse and allegations. Uh, and then the journalist D. Barnes. She actually, when this Nicole Young restraining order denial hit news, Dustin, um, journalist D. Barnes went on social media and tweeted this. And we got this reporting from Jasmine Brand. Shout out to my Sora over there. Um, Mm -hmm. But D. Barnes says this, you know, this news triggered me. I was also denied restraining order after being brutally assaulted and receiving threats from Dr. Dre. I'm logging off. Need a mental health break. And... And that's real. You know, I wasn't there when yeah. Deep Barnes said that she was brutally assaulted. But I mean, the allegations were severe. Uh, he, she basically says, I had not a weave, my actual hair. Dre picked me up from the roots of my hair, lifted me on the ground, slammed me against a brick wall, punched me several times, close, closed fist, um, to the point where she like was delirious, disoriented. He had a, uh, a bodyguard allegedly D that was um, holding everybody from intervening at gunpoint. Uh, the one person that did try to help and intervene her, he got pistol whooped, lost some teeth, 
just a mess. And then she ran into a bathroom and Dre came in there to further assault her. Those are the allegations from Devon. Yeah. Um, and she's not really ever wavered on that allegation. I mean, that's one of the things that people look to to suss out the credibility of that kind of allegation yeah. is, mm-hmm. you know, does the story change? Does the story change, particularly over time? D Barnes been saying the same story for, oh, uh, over 20 years. So, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, I don't know that everybody's telling the same lie on Dr. Dre, you know? Interesting. So we'll see again. We're going to watch it and see how it plays out. But God damn, y'all. Just, yeah. Messy, messy. Yeah. Um, just praying everybody's safe, praying everybody's healthy. Pay this shit out and and y'all yeah. please move 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 on. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, listen, we're gonna take another quick break. We're gonna pay some more bills, and then we're going to get into all things uh the songstress, the classic uh goddess herself, Miss Anita Baker, who is asking the culture to stand with her in this battle for her masters around her music. We got uh, my personal entertainment attorney and intellectual property attorney, Miss Shay M. Lawson Esquire, joining to help give us uh, some insights on all of this. So we can show up for Sister Anita. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Holding Court. Now, as promised, we are about to unpack all things the songstress. Miss Anita Baker is in a in a fight for her master's and, and publication rights. And to help Dustin and I talk about it, you know, I'm inviting my, my personal attorney, um, just a real legal eagle, one of the dopest voices and minds on all things intellectual property and entertainment law. Welcome to Holden Court, attorney Shay Lawson. That's hey. right. Thank you for having me. Okay. So Shay, a couple things, you know, you're a very big deal. Um, and <laughs> I want to give you all your flowers. Don't you, don't you do something with the Grammys? Like, aren't you associated by way of that, that organization? Mm. <laughs> yes, I sit on the board of the Atlanta chapter of the Recording Academy as a governor and I co-chair advocacy and diversity. Uh, of course, Shay is also on the board of directors for the Songwriters of North America. And it's just dope. It's so dope yeah. that you have such a uh, an expertise, Shay, in an area of law that our people particularly just need so much information and support around. Right. So let's just get to, to Anita. Uh, Anita kind of set uh, the, the black Twitter ablaze when she tweeted last week about the fact that she doesn't want us um, listening or streaming her music right now. And that was shocking. So I'm going to read some of these tweets, Shay, and just kind of help us break down what what she's really asking us to do. So Anita tweets this to, to um, one of her fans. Hello, sweetheart. Thank you for sending me your love. But let's not advertise Spotify Streaming, which is a publicly traded company with a $50 million valuation, but doesn't pay artists or creators what they're worth. And that was in response, Shay, to the young lady saying, Mm. you know, Auntie Anita, basically, I have this wonderful Spotify playlist in your honor. And Anita's like, basically, uh, you know, flag on the play, uh, pull the plug on that. And then Anita went on to be very specific, Shay, when she was talking about just how much she's making, quote unquote, from these streaming platforms. She and it, This was actually shocking even to me. Y'all, she says she makes a third to a half of a penny per stream, per artist, minus fees, taxes, and all associated fees. Um, and then she says, very plainly, they need to leave me alone. They, of course, meaning the platforms. So I guess, Shay, my first question to you is, 
what is Auntie Anita asking us specifically do? She's she's saying don't stream her music right now. Don't even buy her music right now. And what will the net impact of that collective action be for Anita Baker? I think what she's going for is this Dave Chappelle effect. And you guys talked about it on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, right? Of him leveraging the audience in order to negotiate for the rights of Chappelle's show back. And so Dave, uh, she's following the example of Dave Chappelle here in which she is attempting to leverage her audience mm-hmm. in order to push the record label to come to the table and negotiate with her for ownership of her masters and where I think the audience might be confused or probably getting lost is where she mentions that she's outlived her contracts and that she have them back. And there's so many legal nuances to that, that the average person wouldn't know that I think makes this tricky, but it's actually why she needs people to stop streaming because she needs this to not be profitable Mm -hmm. to the record label. Um, And because, you know, People get mad when money gets involved and they'll yeah. come <laughs> right. <laughs> right. those dollars stop coming in. And that's really what she's trying to leverage here. Now, let me ask you this, Shay, because you, you, you went right there and I'm glad you did, which is Anita's first tweet that I saw said, I'm in a fortunate position, basically, which is that I have actually outlived the 35 year agreement that says that my master ownership should revert back to me. Like like Mm. that's what she starts with. Right. But Mm -hmm. then like you're saying, there's all this legal nuance that says, even though that's kind of, you know, how it should go, that's not autumn. It's not automatic. The reversion of her ownership rights to her masters is not automatic. And she says, they're going to make me fight for it. And I'm prepared to do that. What does that fighting for it look like? Shay, what does that mean in legal terms? Okay, so what and why is it not automatic? Sorry, but like that's so weird to me. Like, why is it not automatically reversionary? Right. It's it's because of the games that record labels play, and Mm. so it's it's a nuance. And when we're talking about creators, you always want to talk about the difference between ownership and work for hire. That's such a key. Mm. Mm. phrase. And you want to be weary if you are a creator and you are doing anything in exchange for money to see whether or not the paperwork says work for hire. And if it does say work for hire, which is often what these record labels have artists doing is they are employed by the record label as their talent and therefore Mm. their services are work for hire, meaning that the record label owns their masters, and therefore Mm -hmm. the artist was never the author of the master because they did it as a work for hire and the label always owned it. So you can't automatically revert something you were never the owner of, which is completely different than if it was just licensed to the record label. And so what a lot of labels are arguing is that first point is that, hey, this was done as a work for hire. Remember that advance we gave you? Remember that tour we paid for, the studio Mm. time, all of that? Us paying that money gave us ownership of this. So you can't come back now and say you were the author of this, even if you've paid back this advance a million times. Mm. That's fucked up. (laughs) Terrible. But then there's another loophole. 
is that according to the legislation, in order for you to even have your rights revert back to you, which it's a a 35-year rule, that after 35 years, your rights can revert back to you. If you give notice no less than two years prior to the 35 years. Ah, if. Mm. That's a big if. If. And so what uh, um, Anita Baker is probably arguing about right now is that Rapture album, because that came out in 1986. So that's going to have like, I think, Sweet Love on there. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Giving you the best that I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's the next album. So okay, oh, okay. Let, me, okay. let me pull it up. Okay. It's You Bring Me Joy. Oh, these are mm. sweet. You Bring Isn't Me it? Joy, Sweet Love, and Caught Up in the Rapture are on this album. It says it went eight times platinum. So Insane. she's arguing. Yeah. <laughs> She's arguing over some, you know, some big massive works yeah. here. And so, but this is the only one that really qualifies. She had an this is her second album. The first one wasn't really a commercial success. This is like her first big hit. So her other albums that she came out with afterwards don't qualify for they, this. They, they're not yet. They're they're not ripe yet. Okay. Yeah, Got but it. this okay. one is. So what this must be telling me is I'm hoping that Miss Anita and her legal team put in their notice two years ago. Mm -hmm. or now and the record label is probably telling them no we're not going to honor it because back in the 80s we probably made you sign a work for hire that's likely Mm. what they're arguing here Mm. Mm. so let me let me just clarify shay um if you indeed signed a work for hire it will usurp this Legis- uh, the statute, rather, that talks about this 35-year reversion. Like, it, 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 it makes it, what, null and void? Is that, is that the situation? It creates a gray area, and we know that's mm. what the law is good for. All about, is, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is creating a gray area that leads to litigation. So they basically are trying to, when she says, I'm going to have to fight for it, that's it basically forces you to take them to trial to argue about whether you are the author of it or whether they are the author of it, whether this was the true intention of the contract Um, at the time that this was entered into. And that is the gray area. And that is likely what she is talking about when she's saying that she's prepared to fight. Now, does Mm. it make a difference, Shay? That makes sense to me. I'm glad you broke that down like that. Does it make a difference that she's also literally the co-author of the songs themselves? Because we do hear about this a lot, right? Like there's a lot of musicians that are, are singers, performers rather, that do not write their own music. So of course they have no masters, no nothing, right? Mm. Does it make a difference? that Anita Baker did co-write all of these great hits. We're talking about Sweet Love, Caught Up in the Rapture, Giving You the Best That I Got. She's a writer as well as a performer on that. Does that make a difference around this legal argument? Not this particular argument about her masters and something that is not quite understood for people um, in the general public is the difference between the master and the underlying composition. Mm. The, The master refers to the sound recording. That is the actual thing that your ear hears, that the MP3 that is able to be played or put on a CD. So that's just the audio, the pure audio. Yes, the actual audio of it, as opposed to the underlying composition which is the written word, the lyrics and the music that is comprised of the Mm. song itself. So she's probably always gotten paid 
um, as the writer of it. Um, there are often very little issues with reversions as it relates to writing, but I see that she is listed as a writer. So that mm -hmm. tells me that she's probably had ownership of the underlying composition this entire time mm. as a writer, which is completely different than the sound recording itself. Which correlates to master ownership. This is also tying into if people were following Taylor Swift versus Scooter Braun. I was yes. about to ask you. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Go there. why she says she's about to re-record the mm -hmm. same songs because that would be a new master and she's the owner of the underlying composition. Mm. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, so if, if and when Taylor does this, because I'm sure she will, what then happens to the uh, the old recordings do they right. just go away or how how can she ensure that the platforms and distribution platforms use her new recording and not the old one now this i don't want to i don't want to mark this up but i would estimate that she would have to um issue a re-release and so this would be something to the effect maybe of like an acoustic version or a Taylor Swift live mm. um, as opposed to the actual re-recording of the exact same master. That would be a cover, like, right? Of her doing Right, of her own song. She's song. covering herself. Okay. But guess what? You got to go and get rights to get <laughs> to do covers. And likely, you know, they, they probably won't try to let her get around that. Um, yeah. And so she would have to do some kind of commercial re-release, just like I said, where it's like Taylor at home or, you know, revisiting <laughs> the greats or, you right. know, something like that. Okay. Now let's go to Prince. Okay. Because for, for those of us of a particular age, he really was the initial notice that we all had that this this particular music industry is really on some straight bullshit and this For notion sure. of you know of course we remember him writing slave on his mm -hmm. face and and really having mm -hmm. a public war with Warner Brothers the and artist formerly known as correct yeah. and 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 him not allowing I mean is a reason you can't hear no Prince shit on hardly any mm -hmm. of these platforms to this day tell us about how and if you it legally was Prince successful and if he was how was he able to do it in a way that so many artists seem not to be able to? Oh, boy. This is, I mean, I want to say that Prince may have gotten his master's back like right before he passed away. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I want to say that he probably fought for like a good 10, 15 mm -hmm. years in yeah. order to um, to get his albums back. And it was really the same idea about um, terminating, you know, after the 35 years and, you know, X, Y and Z. But what happened was um, I want to say that they came to the table, they negotiated, and what I think happened was that in exchange for his masters, he did one of these re-releases, like one of those oh, okay. 30th anniversary um, deals with them uh, where they're still ultimately getting something out of him, right? But he's getting all of his underlying work. And so it's kind of worth it of saying, hey, here, here's this one thing. It's like buying your freedom. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's 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 but he bought his freedom essentially. Mm -hmm. Huh. Okay. 
So is that a, that's an option for Anita? You think that would be good, Shay? If she, if because I'm not mad at it. Per, I mean, I am because she shouldn't have to do a damn thing. Right. But you know, as a fan, if if we get a 30th anniversary Anita Baker album, I mean, could that could that be a negotiating tactic for her to go ahead and get those rights sooner? You think? Yeah, absolutely. And the okay. thing is, is that the record label is going to go out and do a lot of footwork that you or your team probably don't want to do, getting it linked to commercials and linked to movie soundtracks and, you know, all these other types of things that you can do with the master rights. And so sometimes it is worth it to come to the table and negotiate a deal where it says, hey, listen, I want to be the owner of my rights, but I'll still cut you into the revenue mm-hmm. and, and really flip the deal where <laughs> right now it's the record label owning it and giving her a portion of the, the revenue and coming back to say, okay, hey, listen, enough is enough. You've made your money 10, 12, 13 times over from me. Sure. Um, but I see the value in having you involved so that I can leverage you know, my the catalog of my masters to generate revenue for all of us. But let me own this and I'll give you a cut basically mm. for your administration duties child mm. the, the ghetto okay so let me exactly. let me get this straight shay let me get this straight okay so she can do that in the meantime what does that what's the rallying cry going back to the dave Chappelle analogy for us as massive anita fans we need to not stream i'm clear about that on any platform now she specifies spotify but let me ask a clarifying is that consistent for all platforms we really don't need to stream any anita on any platforms correct I, I, it's tough I, because there are so many different layers of revenue. So she's, um, she's going to be cutting herself out of revenue as a songwriter mm. on some platforms, not all platforms, your, your Spotify, things like that. They are paying the mass, they're paying the feature performer and they're paying the owner of the master. Um, which of course she's saying is the record label, right? And so right. yeah, don't don't stream this. But if you're saying, hey, don't play this on your l- local radio station, no, that's not the case. Like that doesn't make sense. Go ahead, go okay. and, and okay. request it on the radio as a tribute to her because she's going to get paid as the songwriter, as the writer know, on yeah. on that thing. But yeah, don't go buy it. Don't go pay your one ninety nine on Apple. Don't now. What if it. I already did? That's the th- that's because I'm feeling like <laughs> shit over here. I'm just to tell you this truth, Shay, that's the problem is, you know, Dustin and I, we had a, a whole Anita tribute before you got on and yes, I, I, I can't vacuum without Anita Baker. Okay. Yeah. I can't, exactly. I, 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 I clean the house too many Saturdays. Exactly. Listen, I can't even sweep a none of that shit without, Nothing. you know, caught up in the rapture or fairy tales or that's some shit right. like that in the background. Okay. So I already bought all of Anita's shit, like literally all of it. For, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. And it's all on my Apple iTunes. Right. When I play that pre-purchase music, am I hurting Anita Baker today? No, those are great questions. So when you are using a streaming service that you are paying a monthly fee for, like a title or you know something like that, a Spotify where you're mm-hmm. paying for premium, Apple Music, those are when your digital streams are going to come through where she's talking about how she's getting paid a third of a penny or half right. of 
penny. But if you've already paid for it, that's the equivalent that lives on your server. You have purchased that. And that's the equivalent of you going into Sam Goody back in the day mm-hmm. and buying your CD. A CD. Not, right, right. Once she made that $13, she made that $13. or the record label made that $13. And, and it's not made again. The, the continuous um, streams come in from those digital streaming platforms where you they're on some kind of subscription model. Okay, so I'm still rolling with compositions. I'm still my favorite Anita is Soul Inspiration. It's it's kind of an underrated, but mm-hmm. I I'm feeling very good with this information. I don't know about you, Dustin Ross, mm-hmm. I'm but ready. I'm I'm still rocking. Okay. Definitely I'm rocking and rolling. Still rocking. And you know what? One more thing while we got you on the line, Shay. Don't and be trying know, to get no free legal advice out of my lawyer, well, Dustin. Well, well, she the one got law in her last name. I know she knows what she's talking about. Okay? Yeah, she do. <laughs> Here's my thing. I want that same free Britney energy for Anita Baker. Mm, God damn it. Yes. This whole rallying, this this battle cry, everybody mm. showing up. When are the court dates, damn it? Let's go yeah. stand out front. I want yes. the same energy for Anita Baker. Yes. Well, I'm with you. And listen, you know, I'm going to be back in this. I'm very serious. Like, mm-hmm. I re- like Anita, there's very few people that would get me out of my house for some shit like this. Anita Baker is one of them. Like, yes. I really, absolutely, I'm going to follow these hearing dates and Shay, I'm going to rely on you too to tell us like in New York, cause I'm, I'm back in a month. I'm about to be outside with an Anita Baker t-shirt and shit and a mask and free Anita. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, know. you have to support and the pressure has to be real. It has to come from audiences. And I'm glad that um, legacy artists like Anita Baker are speaking out because too often it's making it seem as though it's only these young artists right. that are being signed to these bad contracts. And it's really um, a legacy of things that has just survived too long. So I really hope that she wins this fight. I do too. And thank you, Shay, for all of that clarity. It makes a lot more sense now. And sure. listen, it worked for Dave Chappelle. It, I, we saw it. And Dave's, I would say Dave's legal argument was much weaker than Anita's, right? I mean, he kind of said, truth be told, they don't have to do this differently. You know, the deal was what it was. It was a shit deal. But I'm leveraging that audience pressure to, yep. as you're saying, Shay, make it literally unprofitable for you to m- adhere me to those terms. And thus, we see what happens. So, yeah, y'all, that's why I wanted to do this show, Shay, today. That's why I wanted to make this an extended segment on the show. The culture needs to show the fuck up for Anita Baker. Full stop. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Full stop. All right. Uh, Shay Lawson, where can the people find you? I don't want them to find you too much because I need you to be mostly available for my needs and services. They can find me on social media everywhere at Shay M. Lawson or ShayMLawson.com. Yeah, and y'all, Shay, really, truly, no jokes aside, the fucking business. My lawyer is the whole shit. And one day, Shay, we're going to have you on hold in court and tell people our origin story because Ooh, it's um, so it's very juicy. It's mm. very good. I know, Dustin nosy ass, like, mm, what is it? <laughs> Don't worry about it, D. Group text, group text. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a super dope, super dope story, and I'm excited for people to, to know more about Shay and I's relationship. And what also, like, what it's like doing the the business that we do together now you know it's it's extremely i think it's a really good uh opportunity to learn a lot of lessons and and it's really dope to work with people you love and care about all right y'all so listen thank you so much for listening thank you attorney shay lawson for all of the nuanced legal analysis that you offered on how we can free auntie anita 
The culture is about to stand up for this legacy, iconic songstress. Please believe that. Also, yes. y'all, while we talking about please and thank you, please follow us, subscribe, <laughs> give us a review. And y'all really, truly, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Dustin and I love doing this show for you and with you. So please yes, tell a friend. Do. Yeah. Tell everybody, get the word out about Holden Court. Remember, Holden Court comes to you from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media and is presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeartRadio. Audio services are always brought to you by One of One Productions. Shout out to Fayla and Co. We love yes. them, y'all. Yes, yes. Check them out. One of One productions.com y'all come back and join us next week when court will be back in session and in the meantime wear your mask stay prayed up don't stream or purchase any new anita baker music that's right uh, but you can play some old shit you already bought thank you shay <laughs> uh keep the faith and as always dustin ross what you wanted people to do read them terms and conditions especially if it's anita baker's recording contract <laughs> <Thank> absolutely <you. laughs>